Welcome to the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda. As director of a life coach training and certification program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve our skills and the industry. Learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program at teamclcc.com. That's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com. And here's today's episode. Hey, today I'm speaking with career coach Julie Houghton. Houghton is spelled H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. I'm so excited to have her here on the Craft of Coaching podcast, in part because Julie is such a gifted coach who's going to share so many wonderful things for those of you who are wondering about what it's like for different coaches in this profession. But I'm also excited because Julie is one of our Courageous Living Coach Certification graduates, She joined our leadership team after becoming a graduate. She had originally done her coach training with a different organization and then found that she wanted to come over to Tribe CLCC because she felt that there were some places where she could really learn a lot more about the craft of coaching. And we were just so delighted to have her in our program. And I am so delighted to have Julie here today with us on the Craft of Coaching podcast. Here we go. (laughs) So let's start with, um, Julie, would you describe for us a little bit about what sorts of things your clients tend to struggle with? And we can approach this in a lot of different ways, anything from topical things that they seem to want to know more about to common fears to places where they get stuck. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, Well, I work mostly with moms and I, they're moms who are in like different places, but have some things in common. I would say they're all reevaluating what they want to do with their career. Maybe they have been in a career that was great, you know, for a period of time and it's not, it's not feeling like the right fit anymore. It's not fulfilling or their priorities have shifted once they've had kids. Um, Or maybe they were never in a career that felt like a good fit but they, for one reason or another, felt really stuck, um, and maybe there was a lot of fear around making a change. Um, and then, so that's sort of like where they've been. And then when women come to me, they're usually in like one of two places. Either they feel really disconnected from who they are, um, and they have no idea what kind of work they would want to do, or maybe they have some ideas, but they're feeling really stuck and a lot of fear is coming up. Um, but I would say one thing that I think is common across my clients is like working with them on that that topic of fear. Um, mm-hmm. Because whether you have some clarity about what you might want to do or not, whether you've been happy in your career, you know, or not, um, I would say there's just really a common thread of like fear showing up in some way, shape, or form. Um, so that's one big topic area. And then the other big area is that idea of like really reconnecting with who they are. Um, even women who have ideas about, you know, this is the type of work I'm considering and we're kind of look, working through that together. Um, it's such a, it, it can be such a life-changing event to have kids and 
it, it brings up a lot around your identity. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think that's a lot of, of the reason why it's a, it's a point in time when a lot of people, you know, not just moms, that's just who I tend to work with, but moms or dads can potentially sort of reevaluate, like, how am I spending my time and my life? And does this feel meaningful? Is this right? And like, who am I now? You know, like, has, has, have things changed? Um, so those are kind of two big areas where we're usually focusing in some way, shape or form. Yeah, those are really big areas and they're, they, yeah. they can be like inter there, they can be an intersection or they can be pulled apart. Would you say you tend to work with them concurrently? Like the conversation that's always about career and who you are, or would you say that you tend to pull them apart and kind of work on one, then the other work on one, then the other? You know, it's totally different for each person. Um, I would say I tend to start with, like, focusing on who you are because that's so foundational. Um, like, I feel like that's a, that's a really important question to answer so that you can then figure out, and so how do I want to spend my time and my energy? Um, and I think that another thing that, that comes up and, and this sort of starts to get into like part of like how we work on things together. Um, but that idea of shoulds like that, I feel like is related to both figuring out who you are and then fear comes up, you know? So that idea of shoulds, like there are so many shoulds, like we all have shoulds. We all have this, that, you know, kind of in the back of our head, I should be doing this or I shouldn't be doing that. But I feel like that comes up big time around motherhood and around what it means to be a working mom or to be a stay-at-home mom or a mom who's working part-time. Um, there are so many. It's like everybody out there has an opinion when it comes to what moms should or should not be doing when with their career or their kids. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like There's nothing like becoming a mom to realize, you know, like everybody has an opinion on um, even simple things like, how do you help your child sleep better? You know, like, and mm-hmm. you can find yeah, for every opinion out there, you can find one that contradicts it. Um, but I feel like that idea of shoulds, it, it's related to figuring out who you are because we all have those, that voice in the back of our head that's telling us like, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. So that's, it's, we're making decisions from that place. And so I feel like it's really powerful to bring those to light. I love the, um, the book, The Crossroads of Should and Must, and just mm-hmm. the simple questions that she has in there to bring some of these shoulds to light. And I think it's like, you should always, you should never, you should know better than to, you should not. Like to just do something as simple as writing those down um, so you can see, like, are these things that I actually believe? Like, does this sound like somebody else's voice? Like, where are these beliefs coming from? And, and are they mine? And are there places where I want to make a shift? Maybe part of this should is something that I want to claim, but I, I need to, you know, edit it a little bit. Are there some you want to let go of? Are there some that really do feel like you? Um, but, yeah, I feel like that, like it's, and the shoulds come up in fear, you know, too, mm-hmm. like that inner critic voice um, is so tied to those shoulds. But, yeah, so I feel like they're, they're kind of intertwined, um, that question of, you know, who you are and what kind of work you do. But I feel like the, um, 
the shoulds thing is just like, I guess, one example of like a way in which we can start to sort of bring that to light and examine it. And so you can start to claim which piece is you and which piece isn't. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you would give us a picture of what it's like when a client first starts with you, because I'm getting this sense of this, this person, particularly a mom who might be starting coaching and it's like there is this entire landscape and terrain in front of her on that first call with you. And it's like, it probably feels like so big and vacuous and complicated. And yet, like, somehow your job as the coach, your craft, is to start trying to funnel all that stuff into a directed kind of journey that you guys are going on together. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm, and I'm admittedly springing this question on you, so <laughs> feel our way into it. It's coming up just in this moment, but I'm curious about like how you start off working with a client to, to take this very large, you know, sort of uh, journey. I, I'm going to go back to the word journey that somebody's going to be going on and then yeah. make it something that's directive and going somewhere because they're engaging in a coaching relationship. Yeah, it's interesting because I, um, well, this is just like a little bit of background, but like, you know, before, since I'm, you know, a graduate of your program, CLCC, yay, um, before doing your program, I had done another training program that left me feeling like I was not fully equipped um, to be a coach, and that's why I joined yours. But like I initially, I struggled with this idea of having um, like a program versus really just customizing everything towards the client and their needs, you know, because the, the training I had done previously was, was very program oriented. Like you had a program, you took everybody through this program. It was exactly the same for every client. And that's part of what felt really awkward to me was every client is different and has different needs. And it, let me clarify, let me clarify what okay. you mean by program. Just I, I know what you mean by program, but I just want to make sure anyone listening does. So by program, or at least what I'm understanding you to mean by program, is that everybody, you know, session one always covers this topic. Session two always covers this topic. Session three, yeah. or that this topic is always covered in order, and then this one next, and then this one next. Yeah, it was okay. exactly that, like super structured. Like in session one, everybody does X, Y, Z. And then we go to session two and everybody does this. And it's like, we are all, every client, you take them through the same content and it's very coach led in that sense. You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's like, you're teaching a class, but like one-on-one every time almost (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. um, but, but it's interesting that you ask about the first session because that like 90% of the time I do actually always do the same thing in a first session with clients now. Um, and then after that, it just totally depends on the person and their goals for coaching. But I almost always spend the majority of the first session talking about the idea of strengths, which it may not sound that exciting, but it's actually really like revolutionary. <laughs> um, so the idea of a strength, and this is not my idea, there's a ton of research out there, but the idea of a strength is that it's an activity that energizes you. Um, and that, you know, so this is assuming somebody's coming to me for career coaching because I do like life coaching as well. But if it's career coaching, like the idea is that, 
um, a strength is something that's energizing. It's, you know, any sort of activity that's energizing for you. And, and most people, when they think about career, they think about skills, like what can I do? Um, and those things may or may not be energizing at all. You know, like I worked in consulting for years, so I was really good at creating PowerPoint presentations to answer whatever executive question. Like that was a skill for sure, but it was in no way energizing. And so uh, <laughs> I know that comes as a shock, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've found that because like you said, it can feel daunting to start this sort of journey. Plus I'm working with a lot of moms who are in various stages of like, you know, in terms of how old their kids are, but they're, that can also feel potentially daunting. Like there's a lot going on there. There's a lot in terms of like, you might be sort of one questioning your identity and trying to, you know, figure out like, who am I? Um, there are ways in which when you become a mom, like parts of you might feel like they sort of got left behind. So there's so much going on. There's so much around you. And I've found that starting with something as tangible as strengths can feel really grounding Mm. and it's so tangible. Like it's so, but the whole process, like when I'm talking to somebody, when we're doing an exercise, like it's really a super simple exercise where I'm just ask, I'm kind of throwing that question out there and I might ask it in slightly different ways if they're drawing a blank at some point, but I'll just say like, what pops into your head when you think of activities that are energizing and that this, maybe you've never done this at work, you know, and that like anything counts, like you might think, oh, this is a silly example, or I don't see any way that this is going to ever lead us into any insight about what sort of work is going to be most fulfilling to me. But anything counts. It could be um, something that maybe you haven't done in a really long time because you haven't had time and you don't know if it's still energizing, but at least at one point it was. And then I'm just kind of digging in to understand why that thing is energizing. Um, And through this like hour-long conversation, and then as we're going, I'm just sort of jotting down like what pops out to me as sort of the underlying strength that is there. Um, and it's it's a super fun exercise. And it just the process for the client of sort of reflecting on this question of what's energizing for me, like that simple exercise, I think, can feel so grounding and can just be this like, it's like a baby step, but a pretty powerful baby step towards reconnecting with who you really are. Um, and yeah, so it's like just kind of taking those baby steps and then, and then from there, I'm, I'm also asking them to just like bring your awareness to your daily life. Like after we do this exercise, like notice throughout your day, like what things are, what things are energizing you, what things are draining you, um, what feels fun, what doesn't just starting to bring your awareness to that simple question that leads you to insights about your career and then just insights into, you know, kind of reconnecting with who you are as a person as well. Well, I'd imagine the other thing that that is so helpful with is that after someone has been struggling for so long, feeling probably kind of isolated in struggling with it, um, with, you know, what am I going to do? Who am I? All the things that you've been bringing up that your clients um, have commonly struggled with to then have an hour where you talk about strengths, you talk about what energizes you, you talk about the things that lift you up. It must feel really refreshing, I would think. Yeah, it does. Because it's like you're focusing, 
Yeah, it's, I think there's so much to it. It's like you're sort of focusing on stumps just talking about what's energizing for you feels sort of energizing, you know, like you're like reconnecting with those things. Um, and you're sort of rediscovering yourself. You're like, Oh yeah, like that is. And I, I think it's also, we have a tendency to, um, you know, not give ourselves credit to just be like, Oh, well, I really love to do such and such, but who wouldn't want to do that thing? Cause everybody mm-hmm. would think that was fun, but the truth is not everybody does. And so it can feel, I think, validating to be like, you know what, like I am good at that and it's fun for me. And that's not true for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to kind of give yourself credit. And yeah, I think that this process of figuring out what you want to do, it can feel really vague and daunting. Um, so there's something I think really grounding and sort of a relief to be like, wow, we just talked for an hour. And like, I, I, you know, and they often are like, you know, I, you don't really even know me yet, but I feel like we came up with a list of strengths that totally capture who I am in just an hour. Um, there's something that's like a relief, like, okay, maybe, this process doesn't have to be so hard mm-hmm. after all. Yeah, I would imagine too that that's probably what at least some people are expecting. They're expecting that they're going to come to coaching and it's going to be like, roll up your sleeves and get to work. We got to like figure yeah. out the problem. And then to be in this environment where they they feel their state change, their emotional mm-hmm. state as they're doing mm-hmm. this work with you to identify strengths and then feeling like, oh, okay, like the, again, I, I mean, this big amorphous kind of landscape gets dis, distilled, I guess you could say, or focused into um, strengths as the pivot point for what's going to come next. Yeah. And I think like another thing that sort of goes hand in hand with that is the idea of just having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like I really encourage clients to try to, you know, there's something about having just had kids too, or in the, in recent years, having had kids, it's like fun totally changes for you. Fun becomes all about your kids. Um, (laughs) you know, and then there's that thing too, of like having kids, that saying where it's like all joy and no fun. (laughs) Uh There's a book by that title, which I've (laughs) read more than once. (laughs) Um, or I'm like the, the, taking some time to notice what's fun, you know, that's sort of similar to noticing what's energizing, but to notice what's fun for you and to try to set aside some dedicated time to have fun, whether those things you're doing for fun ultimately have anything to do with your career. I feel like just consciously creating space for fun, it puts you in a state of mind where you can more easily connect with who you are and what you want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like it just shifts your mind you know, shifts your, your state of mind and your openness. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Well, um, so I wanted to ask you one last question. And, um, again, this is another one that I just was thinking of while I was, I was, you know, I'm here with you. So, so we'll see where this goes. I might need to, okay. <laughs> we'll edit it out if it doesn't go anywhere. Um, but I'm wondering, other than what you work on, you know, other than identification of strengths on that first session, what is like a favorite exercise of yours to, to do on a call with a client? Because I think coaching gets um, sort of unfairly depicted as being all about just having a conversation with someone. And mm-hmm. for sure, yes, there is a conversation happening. But then the next thing that happens is people think that coaching is just 
asking a client questions until they somehow eventually arrive at their own answer or they figure it out or they have the aha. And, and that, that certainly happens in a coaching session as well, but that's not all of it. And I'm curious about actual exercises that you do with clients um, on calls. If you have a particular one, that's a favorite of yours. Hmm. You might have to edit this out. (laughs) 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 The strengths one is probably my favorite exercise. Um, Well, what would you do if you really wanted to like shake up a client who was just in a super stuck space? So I would say, um, Okay, so I find that when my clients are stuck, there's fear at work, you know, underneath. Um, and so, so one, this is not an exercise per se, but it's more sort of a, a way in which I try to support them in changing their perspective when it comes to fear. Mm-hmm. So I really talk about the fact that fear, like one thing is sort of teaching them to notice the different types of fear that there, you know, that there are these two types of fear. There's fear where if you really check in with your body and check in with your emotions, you feel very shut down, you know, closed, your, your shoulders are in knots. You feel like, you know, crawling into a hole somewhere. You feel a sense of dread, like in the pit of your stomach, like that's one type of fear. And I feel like the other type of fear is one where you feel scared, but if you really check in with your body and your feelings that there's like at least a little bit of excitement and curiosity mixed in as well. Mm -hmm. And I think our tendency is to sort of just lump all fear together and, and we have this, you know, like a response that like from a biological perspective makes sense that we want to avoid fear. But I try to support clients in noticing which of these two types of fear are you feeling? Like if you're, if you're feeling stuck, there's usually some fear there somewhere. Um, and then like actually welcoming your fear um, mm-hmm. for the information it provides that I feel like fear is a, there's a, it's a signpost, you know, like that's a, that's a big deal to be able to say like, okay, like this, this is the dread shut down type of fear. So they're, there is something here that maybe is not in alignment with me and who I am. Mm -hmm. But if it's the type of fear where there's a little bit of curiosity or excitement mixed in, that that's a sign that this could be something really close to your heart. And that's why it feels scary. So like, let's explore that a little bit more together and figure out, you know, like keep looking at it. Um, it's like a getting know, to like, know your fear exercise, yeah. really. It's like get, getting, getting to know, to know it instead of, yeah, it's like getting to yeah. know it instead of, um, instead yeah. of avoid it or right. um, just assume that it means the same thing absolutely every time. Yeah, because I think there's also a huge tendency for people to wait until the fear goes away. And just in my own journey, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my career, I, I realized that I was waiting for that moment when I no longer felt scared. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 
I mean, you know, you'll be waiting forever. Like there's, there's just that, that epiphany of like, Oh, wait a minute. Everybody feels scared there. You know, like you say in your work as well, like there's no such thing as fearless. Mm-hmm. Um, but shifting your perspective to one where you can even welcome your fear for the information it provides is so different than most of like the default that most of us have to try to avoid it, to wait until, you know, feel like we're, I can't make a move until this fear is gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when the fear could be a sign that you're on the right track and you should keep going, you know, that it's something close to your heart. Right. Right. I've really been getting into lately um, looking at fear that shows up as an upper limit symptom um, mm-hmm. and the book, the big leap kind of tipped me off to this. And I, I realized that like my fear shows up in like a very predictable way every single time, right at the moment when actually I'm really getting somewhere with something that I deeply want. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like fear is just not just one flavor. It's many different flavors and it shows up in different contexts. And, um, so I think any work that we can do to identify, what exactly the context is each and every single time is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. Well, Julie, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us today and even taking my little pop surprise questions. That <laughs> <laughs> was so fun. Thank you yeah. for having me, Kate. All right. That's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, ah, so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also want to become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com, and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses, like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more. So I hope that I see you over there. Once again, thanks so much for listening and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.